The Word of God is food for the spirit and health to the body. Through the spirit of revelation, we are guided into the wisdom and deep mysteries in His Word that make our lives vibrant and productive. Welcome to the Makerefu Gospel Church podcast. As you listen in, the glory of God will be quickened and activated in your life. And now, the Word. There's a verse in Exodus chapter 33. Verse 15, this is Moses speaking. And he says, if your presence doesn't go with me, do not lead us up from here. If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. I think it's really important to go back a a little bit and find the context of this of this encounter that Moses had with God. Moses is in the presence of God. He's looking God in the face when he says this to him. If your presence doesn't go with me, do not lead us up from here. See, this this verse is in the middle of a a story, uh, an important story in the Bible. Exodus, the book of Exodus, is the most important story of deliverance in the Old Testament. In fact, you can read the book of Exodus like an allegory that explains our lives from start to finish. Basically, the book of Exodus. Because in this moment, Moses is leading his people to the promised land. He's leading his people to the the land of promise, and the land of promise doesn't represent heaven. Sometimes, I mean, there's old, old gospel songs that, that kind of put the land of promise, the promised land, as, as heaven that one dealt with there. But it doesn't represent that, really, in the story. The, the land of promise represents God's purpose and, and our, our destiny— his plan for our lives in this life. That's what the, the, the promised land represents. And I'll, I'll explain that this way, because when they got to the promised land, there were giants. <laughs> in fact, they didn't want to go in because they realized, I'm going to have to put on my battle gear, and I'm going to have to strap on my sword, and I'm going to have to go, go to battle to possess this land, and this was God's plan for them. And so the promised land isn't, isn't talking about some life that we're going to live after we, after we part, depart from here. It's, it's talking about a life that God has planned for us, a purpose that he has for us in this world that we're called to possess. And God has called us to arm ourselves and to go to battle and defeat the giants and possess the, the land that he's given us. Amen? So this is the allegory. This is the story that, that's happening here in this, in this verse. And before that, they were in Egypt. And Egypt represents our life before God delivered us. A life of slavery, a life of misery, a life of sin— a life that, that kept us under bondage. 
And it's just, it's, a, it's an incredible story because we were in slave, slavery. We were in chains. I love how the, the word of God says, in, in another time, you were slaves to your sin. You were under bondage. In first, the second book of Ephesians, it says you were dead in your sins and trans- transgressions. And you were under the bondage of, of the ruler of this world. And then God ro- ro- rose, rose up and sent a deliverer to deliver them. And we, the great, the great hero of the story is Moses, because Moses represents Jesus. And he, he sent him to confront the Pharaoh. Pharaoh represents Satan. And, and Moses, Moses went and confronted him, let my people go. And Pharaoh resisted. And so the, the great part about this story is God began to humble this, this man God began to deal with him, and God began to do miracles, and all the children of Israel saw what God was doing. They, they saw these great miracles, and God, what God was doing, he was dealing with this Pharaoh, with this leader. This leader was, was uh, completely rebellious. He turned his heart against God. He, 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 was, he was completely determined to resist. And God said, I'm going to humble you, and I'm going to humble you again. I'm going to humble you again. And, and at the end, at the end, he completely defeated this man. He left Pharaoh with nothing. <laughs> I love, I love the, the, the story. He left him. He completely humiliated him. He left him in the dust. He left. He was so bad that, that at the end, the Pharaoh was saying, get out of here. Leave, leave, leave. <laughs> I don't want to see you anymore. <laughs> Take whatever you want. So the children of Israel saw all these miracles. In fact, in the Psalms, it, it goes back to this, and it says, the mighty hand of God and the miracles that were that were witnessed by these people. The, the children of God. And Moses led them out. And probably the biggest miracle was as they, as they left. And they, they got to the sea. And they realized they can't cross. And then they realized that Pharaoh's armies are coming after them. That he had changed his mind. And God was going to do one more miracle. God was going to crush this, this leader, this Pharaoh. God was going to crush him. Because in that moment, in that moment, the sea is before them. There's an unstoppable uh, a barrier. And God opened the sea. And then he put himself between the, his people and the armies of Pharaoh. God himself was there. And we, we know the story because God destroyed the army of Pharaoh. Destroyed his army. He lost all of his workers. He lost his slaves. He lost his firstborn. The, 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 the land of Egypt is in mourning. There's a, there's a, 
a vision that, that the Apostle John had of the Lord Jesus in, in Revelation chapter 1. It's my favorite vision in the whole Bible because he said he heard a voice sound like a trumpet. And he turned around to see, and as he looked, <laughs> because it describes things in kind of a uh, um, symbolism. So he's seeing this, this person standing there. He had this white robe on. He had a golden sash. Said his eyes were like fire. Just describing them, describing who he's seeing. Says his face shone like the sun. And he fell down. Said, when I saw this, I fell down like I was dead. You can see him just collapse before the Lord Jesus. It said that he, Jesus took out his hand and touched him. He said, don't be afraid. Only well, it wasn't like that. I mean, he had a voice that, that would put your pastor to shame. I love your pastor's voice. Ooh. It said that his voice was like the sound of many waters, like a, a waterfall. Don't be afraid. <laughs> I'm the first and the last. He said, I was dead, but now I'm alive forevermore. And I have the keys. So when, when God crushed Pharaoh... When they went out, he was completely defeated. Amen? And so God leads them to his mountain. Moses is called up to the mountain and Moses goes up. And you got you to gotta remember this, this story because they had just witnessed incredible miracles. They had just witnessed all these, all these acts of God. Amazing, amazing deliverance. And when Moses went up to the mountain, he was there for a while. And these people began to complain. His people began to murmur. And, and God is just, he's like, what's going on? They, they, they begin to complain. Moses is on the mountain. He's having his encounter with God. God is speaking to Moses. The chapter before 33 that, that this verse is in tells the story that Moses is on the mountain. God gives him the law. He begins to walk down the mountain and he hears a, hears, hears a party going on and he gets down there and, and to his horror, they had turned their back on God. We're talking about the whole body of, the, of, of people. They've made an idol they're now dancing before this idol. And Moses, Moses throws his, the tablets of the law down. He is angry. He comes out and he's, he's angry. Because he knows that these people have just, have, have just witnessed the most mighty acts that, that human beings will probably ever witness. And God is showing his faithfulness and God is showing his power and God is showing his, his love for them. And they've been delivered. And immediately they betray him. 
They betrayed God. He goes up to his brother Aaron. What have you done? What has happened? So the beginning of the chapter, chapter 33, God calls Moses. This is immediately after Moses found these people with their idol. And God tells Moses this. It's time for you to leave. You're going to take these people to the promised land. I'm not going to go with you. If I go with you, I'm going to kill them. Because I'm angry at them. (laughs) Can you imagine God is angry with them? God is furious with them. I can't go with you. But, but, I've got a good plan. I'm going to send a mighty angel with you. The angels in the Bible are, are very powerful beings. Very powerful. I mean, they are awesomely powerful. It says that one angel in one, even, one night wiped out this whole army. One angel. So I'm going to send an angel with you. Don't be afraid. This angel will wipe out the people before you as you go into the land. The Amorites, the Moabites, the Hittites, the Jebusites. He'll wipe them out. You'll be able to go in because this angel's with you. Yeah. And I want to say this because it sounds like a pretty good deal. Can you imagine him in his ministry and as he walks around in his ministry here, here in Kampala, and, and whenever he needs to, a, a sign or a miracle, he just, and the angel, he'd be the most famous pastor in, in Kampala. Absolutely. He'd have the biggest church in the city. You see, I, I think this was a test for Moses. This was a test. Because Moses could have said, okay. Well, we'll do it because God, what God was doing was expelling them. He was saying, it's time to leave. He was telling his people, if I stay with you, oh, if this happens again, I don't know if I can stop myself from just wiping you out. And then, then what happens here in the story is that Moses, when he heard these words from God, he said the whole congregation, the whole people just went into mourning because they, they heard these words, I'm not going to be with you. And they realized, they realized something. And Moses went to his tent, which was outside of the camp. It says when Moses would go to the tent and go in, the, the cloud of God would come down and all the people would stand in their tent watching as Moses conversed with God. And that's the story. That's where this verse starts. starts. That's where the story starts. They're, they're there, and, and Moses, Moses tells God this, I thought you were my friend. You said how we were friends. You said that these were your people. And that's when he said, 
If you don't go with us, don't send us away. I think it's a test for him. I think this moment was a test for Moses. Because I think we also have similar tests. Sometimes what we want is what God can give us. It's like a child coming to his father and, and he comes, comes to the father and he has his hand out. And the father, what do you need? Takes out his, his money, gives to the child, and the child runs away. And if it happens over and over again, pretty soon the dad is going, all he wants is what I can give him. He never comes to spend time with me. He never tells me he loves me. I never get a chance to hug him because every time he comes, it's, it's what can you give me? It's like, it's like Moses, I'll give you this big angel. And Moses could get, good deal. That's pretty good. Get to the promised land, say, go get him. <laughs> There's a story in the Bible that Jesus told. The very well-known story said that a man had two sons. And the younger son told him, give me. I want your stuff. I don't want you so much. But I, I will, I'm, I'm demanding what you have that belongs to me. And so it says the story that the, the, the father had to sell like half of his possessions to, to give this, the son his stuff. Because what the son is saying is, I can do it without you. I don't really want to be with you. I want your stuff. I want what you can give me. I want your blessings. But you, not so much. In fact, in fact, I'm, I'm tired of living under your rules. I'm tired of serving you. I, I'm going to do it on my own. I can do it on my own. I, can, I think I can. You'll see that I can. And so he leaves, leaves his father heartbroken. His, his father is heartbroken. He's, he's, he's going, I don't know what happened. My son doesn't love me. And his son goes away. And we know the story. Because if we live this way, if we don't realize that the Father is the blessing. Amen? The Father is the blessing, not his stuff. It will leave us empty. It will leave us frustrated. It will leave us in the dirt. Sooner or later, we will come to realize that I have nothing. I have nothing. Because I left him. I left my father. We often come to God like this. We come, we come with this handout. Oftentimes our prayers are, oh Lord, I need this, I need that. 
help me here. It was a test for Moses. I think it's a test for us sometimes. How that we, we can we cannot appreciate that the greatest gift that we could ever have is to live in the presence of God. The, the greatest gift that God offers us isn't all this stuff. I often tell people this because virtually everybody who believes in heaven, which is almost everybody, says they want to go to heaven. Have you found this? Virtually everyone says, Do, are, are, would you like to go to heaven? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know anybody that would say, oh, no, I'd rather go to hell. I'd rather go suffer. No, they, they think they think they want to go to heaven. And I would say, what makes you think that you would be happy in heaven? You don't love God now. You don't serve him now. You don't love his presence now. Why would after you die change anything? You see what I mean? People think, oh, yeah, I'll go to heaven. It'll be like an uh, eternal vacation on the, on the resort. No more suffering. But they missed the most important part of it. That's why I just love this, this worship today. I just love this worship. Because I was just like transported to the time when we're going to be in God's presence directly in heaven. And I just, I, the hairs start going up on the back of my head, head that aren't there. <laughs> but it, it's trying to. I can feel it, you know. Hey. I can taste it. And we should be able to just long for it for that day when we're going to be in his presence. And we start shouting, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, man, because we get a taste of it right now and we can we can go to Jesus. We can go to God and we can say, oh, Lord, I don't want your stuff. I want you. I want to be with you. Don't send me away. The story has a great ending because this son that left when he finally hit the ground, finally hit the dirt, he realized he had nothing and that no one was going to help him. Meanwhile, back at, back, back at the farm, the father, the heartbroken father, has this ache in his heart, constant ache in his heart. My son, my son. And this, this young man says, I have to go back to my father. And so he, he begins this journey back to the father and he's rehearsing in his mind what he's gonna say because he realizes that he has totally betrayed his father. He realizes that he's brought shame on his family. He realizes his, his actions have been that of a, of a person that doesn't deserve to be forgiven. He comes back, he, he's on his journey back. 
His clothes are rags. He's barefoot because his shoes have worn out. He's a skeleton because he hasn't eaten for a long time. He comes back and throws himself at, the, at his father's feet. And he's rehearsed these words. I want to come back. Will you let me come back? I know I can't be your son. But can you make, make me one of your slaves? I'm willing to be your slave. I'm willing to serve you. I just want to be with you. And the, the amazing scene, because his father hugs him. Says he begins to kiss him. He picks him up. And he's hugging him. Imagine. This is the greatest day for this father. This is the greatest day. You were dead. And you've come back. And the son's crying, I want to be with you, daddy. He's crying and he's hugging him and they're kissing each other. And that's when the father did an amazing thing. He said, you're not my slave. You're my son. You're my son. God doesn't treat us like slaves. He won't have slaves. God won't have slaves. We're his sons. We're his daughters. Amen. Put shoes on his feet. He put it clothed him. He took off his ring and put it on his finger. And he, he said, we're going to have a, a, a party. Invited the whole town because his son came back. Amen? He learned his lesson. Really important for us. Important lesson. I, I just, I think, the story doesn't tell us what happened later. But I bet that son never left his father's side the rest of his life. They, wherever his father went, I'm going with him. I'm going to go with my dad. Amen? If your presence doesn't go with me, don't send me away. Amen? I think the Lord wants to root out of our hearts this tendency to what, what God offers us. Tendency to, to believe that once we get God's blessings, then we, we tend to walk away from God. We tend to think, okay, I think I can do it. I, th I think I, I, I could probably do it. I'm feeling pretty good right now. I got his blessings. <laughs> I got his stuff. And we can walk away from God. Jesus said this to his disciples. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I've read that verse many times and I went, huh? Many times I've read that verse. I said, um, 
do something. <laughs> I can do, I, I could probably do quite a few things apart from me. Oh, apart from God. <laughs> and God wants to come, come to us because in, that, in the passage of John 15, Jesus said, I'm the true vine. You're the branches. You have to be connected. The key to our, our life is to be connected to Jesus. Amen. The key to our fruitfulness is to be connected to Jesus. Because I'm sure that's, that son that left his father with all his wealth lived really good for a long time. He thought it was just the greatest thing because he had the blessings of the father. He had the stuff. And we can deceive ourselves and think that if we don't connect to the vine and be connected constantly, because that, that image of a, a branch being connected, you cannot take it out and then put it back and take it off and put it back. It has to be part of the vine. Amen? God's calling us to have communion with him, to live with him, to love him, to love his presence. Amen? Amen? And say, I'll never leave you. That's what God's plan for us as his people. Amen? Amen? want to pray for you. Lord, I just thank you for your word. Thank you for this story, this great story of deliverance. This great story of how you rescued us. How you rescued your people with great miracles and great power. And how you, with your own sacrifice, rescued us from slavery, from destruction, from our own sin. And you brought us to you and you said, I forgive you and I wash you and I clothe you and I put shoes on your feet and I say, you are mine. And Lord, we are so thankful for your great love for us. And I pray, Lord God, that we would remember and that we would always continually live in your presence that we'd have this heart that Moses had, that he passed this great test and said, don't send me away. I want your presence. We want your presence. Oh God, we want your presence more than anything else. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, God. How many say amen? Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you've been strengthened with his might and fortified by the word of God. Please make sure to like, follow, and subscribe to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages at Full Gospel Map. Goodbye.